Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin on our episode for our spiritual living series, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. Oh, and I just want to preface, we have a really special treat. We've got an interview today. So I'll introduce our guest in just a little while. So let's take our golden pause. And remember just to do this as a deep breathing exercise to get really present in your body if you're doing something else. But if you can, sit comfortably either in a chair or cross-legged on the ground and place your palms open on your lap. And go ahead and close your eyes if you're not doing something. And just begin to breathe with me. Breathe in through your nose. Allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And on the exhale, just release and let go of any tension you feel. Breathing in again, pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and toes. On the exhale, just let go of any fear you feel. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow yourself to relax. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, through your heart, through your core, through your whole body. Exhale and relax. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. Place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking, of one thing you feel grateful for, just one. And as you breathe in that golden gratitude to every cell of your being, exhale and let go of what doesn't serve you any longer. Breathing in that golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and toes, exhale and release and let go. Breathing in pure golden gratitude into your heart, into your core, into your mind. Exhale and be at peace. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in that golden gratitude one last time, on the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. So we have a really special guest today. I'm going to tell you that this is a very dear friend. I've known her for very many years, many, many years. But I want to tell you that um, Diana Cole is a thought leader. She is a spirit translator. And she is now an author. So we have, we're going to bring Diana on um, to talk about how to access spiritual guidance in our daily lives. And that's what her book, Spiritual Translator, is all about, amongst much other amazing information. And so, Diana, welcome. Hi. 
So good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So I thought a really great place for us to start in our conversation today, Diana, would be just for you to share a little bit about your background and your story. Okay. So I uh, grew up with a father who was um, a physician, a healer, and probably most importantly, a spearhead in the spiritual new age movement in the 1960s and 1970s in the San Francisco Bay Area. Your dad's name is? Dr. Ernest Petchy. Dr. Ernest Petchy, that's right. And so I grew up from a very young age, meditating, learning how to communicate with my spirit guide, learning how to access universal guidance um, from the invisible, um, energy healing. I just was exposed to all of the things that he was um, experimenting with, tapping into, learning about, and deepening in himself. So my earliest memory of meditation was at four years old. And um, he had these amazing friends who were always in our environment, who were and are leaders as well. Some of them are authors and some of them are people who are pretty well known. Um, Can you see a few of those? Yeah. So he was a close friend of Swami Moktananda, who started the Sita Yoga Institute in Oakland. Um, he is... The reason I learned to meditate at such a young age, because he was in town um, opening the Sita Institute in the early 70s, and that's when my dad spent a lot of time with him. Was Muktananda the one that um, transferred his Shakti pot to Guru Mai? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I, I've been there too. I, I loved that center when it was open. They had the best cafe and the best salads. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that vegetarian cafe? I don't remember. I don't remember because I haven't been there as an adult. I was only yeah. there as a child. But I remember one time asking my dad why he was magic. And he said it was because Muktananda gave him Shakti Pot. Shakti so. Pot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all, the, all the gurus. So this is something really cool. Just a little side note for our listeners is um, Shakti Pot is the spiritual energy of the guru and every guru has their own Shakti pot, their own spiritual energy, but they can transfer that awakening Kundalini spiritual energy to their devotees or to anyone. If the person is open, but devotees are particularly open. Um, so it's, it's powerful though. And I've, I've had a couple of um, shots of Shakti pot from different gurus in my lifetime. And and so did my late husband, Richard, have it too. And it really, um, it, it's quite a shot. It's quite a, a, an awakening of energy. So that'll, that, that's really awesome that you brought that up and that we talked about that because um, one of the beautiful things about spiritual living is to be able to open and embrace the divine and embrace different levels of consciousness. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that in a little bit. All right, Diana, sorry to interrupt you on your, on your story there, but I just, I felt like that was kind of a cool little jump off. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. I, you know, I looked into it a little bit um, recently, actually, because I've been writing about meditation and um, what it said is that it's believed that the person who receives Shakti Pot can achieve the state of 
meditation, which is ongoing. Um, and I always felt like that was something that my father had. He was always in a meditation, even in his waking state. So I, I was finally able to sort of piece together my experience with him by researching a little bit into that. So that was, that was cool. Um, but yeah, so he had a, a lot of friends who were influential at that time. So I was exposed to these leaders who are amazing. He was a good friend of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross who wrote in Death and Dying. Yep. Um, and he was, um, he was a friend of Werner Earhart's who created Est. He was friends with the Edgar Casey family. And, you know, I grew up reading and, and learning about Edgar Casey from a very young age. And he, you know, of course, is considered the most famous, I guess, psychic that we can, in recorded history or that we have um, readings from that we can go back and look at. So, you know, I, I grew up in this very progressively spiritual household and I learned all this magic and I learned how to access magic for myself, but I didn't know it was unusual. You called it, you called it magic as a child. Um, because I, I think you probably label that a little bit differently now, don't you? Yeah. When I was a child, I just thought it was what everybody was doing. And it was now that I'm an adult and I look back on it, that I see that it was, it was magical because I learned, I learned things that I think people, um, don't learn in their childhood and that when they learn about these things later on some of it seems a little magical or fantastical or unbelievable yeah they call it kind of woo woo right that's like yeah. the term woo woo instead mm -hmm. of like being very um spiritually rich you know people kind of poo poo it as being woo woo <laughs> right right so when i you know became a teenager i didn't really want to focus on any of that stuff. I wanted to go out and have fun and be a normal girl. And then I, I know uh, you had kind of weird, weird family life, sort of like my kids would have said, my parents are a little bit yeah. weird. <laughs> right, right. Like they want to go and they want to experience the world on their own and not have to consider everything from a spiritual standpoint, right? So I grew up and I, I did my own thing. And it just led me to, you know, what I call my decade of pain. <laughs> which was just a lot of experiences that were painful, you know, and I think we all go through those experiences. Mine weren't any better or worse or more painful or less painful than anybody else's. I think it was the same kind of pain. A lot of people go through physical pain, a divorce, betrayal, you know, the closing of a business. And I think that, that these, these, you know, this decade of pain woke me up again to what I had learned as a young, as a child and as a young girl. And it brought me back to um, accessing, you know, the, the knowing that I have because I got to that place where I, I didn't have anything to win and I didn't have anything to lose. I was basically just sort of praying for hope for something to happen. And that's when I realized the only thing I had was tapping into my to spirit guidance and just getting answers that would really help me pull myself out of these pitfalls. Yeah, don't you think that, um, I mean, I, I kind of, in one of my earlier podcasts, I talked about how when I went into, when I was away from spirit in my life, when I um, had dropped away from spirit, just in my pursuing of, you know, just the world. I mean, it's almost like we can liken it to going into the wilderness and, but we're pursuing the world as opposed to our spiritual values. And 
I felt like this disconnect from spirit. And in that time, you know, it created a lot of suffering for me. It created an eating disorder. Um, I, you know, I was a perfectionist. I was an overachiever. I had a lot of energy and, and, and yet I, I wasn't as in tune to spirit. And really my way out of that was my spiritual life got very, very rich. And once my spiritual life, once I found spirit again, I, um, I no longer had to partake in having an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I think that makes perfect sense. And I think that, you know, one of the things I think you and I both talk about is helping people get to that place of coming back to who they are and finding that internal connection so that they do pull themselves out of their own painful cycles that they're going through and they're living through because it's, it gets really tough. You know, if you, if you turn off the wisdom that you have access to, things get really tough. It's hard to do it on your own. It is really hard to do it on your own. So just for our listeners, um, just take us through when take us through your own process in a way of how you access what you call your spirit guides and what does that look like to you and what does it feel like? And, and um, I think our listeners will find that really, really interesting because I do believe um, like you believe that we all have access to our own inner wisdom and we probably all have access to guides as well, but um, not everyone knows that they can do that. Not everyone knows how to do that. So I think it'd be really fascinating for our listeners to um, hear what it's like for you. How do you prepare yourself for that inner journey? What does it feel like, you know, just the whole kind of, and when do you, when do you find that you're, you're best at contacting your spirit guides or spirit? Yeah. Well, so when I was younger and the way I learned to do it, was to almost go through this meditation process, which um, I call, you know, going into your sacred garden. And I, I've written that down in detail in the book. But um, what I can say now about it is that I can access my spirit guide um, as easily, you know, as quickly as I can think about it. So now I don't have to go through a meditation process to get there. I can just ask and I can feel, I can feel her because she's a feminine energy coming forward. And then she's sort of the gatekeeper for me to what I call like the brotherhood or um, the group of energies that I can communicate with and that we all can. I'm, I'm not the only person who has spirit guide who can communicate with, with, spiritual guidance. I, the difference between me and somebody who doesn't know that they can is that I am 1000% sure I can. And it's the, the knowing that helps you walk through that door. So if you are convinced that you have this ability and you sit down and quiet yourself and you start asking questions, you'll find that answers start coming towards you. And I always suggest that you start your answer and question process with a pad of paper and a pen because you'll find in the beginning that you may be getting answers that are your own answers or your own, you know, mind sort of answering for you. But as you go through it and you get more comfortable with it and you get more, um, I guess, you lose doubt maybe around it, you start realizing that the answers that are coming to you aren't you and aren't in your voice. So you start getting these answers that are almost 
um, they're almost too amazing to be your own voice. They're, it's wisdom you never knew you had that starts coming towards you. And it, that's the wisdom that really helps you um, when you need it. And you've been able to start doing this for other people the last um, year or two. Is that correct? That's right. I wasn't sure. You've done one for me. So yeah. <laughs> you've done several for me. I know. And that was amazing. You know, I wasn't sure in the beginning if I would be able to do it for other people. But um, what I found is I can do it for other people when I have permission. So if I, if someone asks me a question and I have the permission to step into your energy, I can access the spiritual guidance for you and almost transcribe it for you, right? So I have been doing a bit of that over the last few years and I, I have been doing readings for people and it's been, it's been pretty amazing for me to see that it, it is the same sort of wisdom, that same voice that comes through for everyone. And it's been, it's been really life-changing, I think, for a few people. And, um, and I, I would like to teach people how to do it for themselves because I think that we all need it. We all need to know how to do this. And isn't that why you wrote your first book called Spirit Translator? Yes, that's why I wrote the book because I, I was getting answers for myself that completely changed my life. And I had written it all down because I'm, I was taught at a young age always to write everything down, write down all my questions and my answers and then go back and read them and use that almost to as your own um, therapy for yourself, right? So I wrote everything down. I had you know just notebooks and notebooks of all of this guidance I was downloading. And I realized as I was reading through it over and over again, that it wasn't guidance that was meant for me. It was meant for everybody. And that it really was my duty in a way to share this with as many people as I could so that we could all access that same healing energy. Um, and so I put it in the book and I put some examples in the book, like the readings with you and, um, you know, some stories from my life to help it all sort of make sense. But the words of spirit are in there, um, in, in its entirety unedited. And there, you know, I do believe that the words of spirit when they are read are almost like healing text that you, it's wrapped in some sort of healing when you, when it's delivered to you. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a very universal language of, of truth. It resonates so beautifully. I, I've, whenever I've um, heard you speak or you've read one of your spirit readings out loud, it's, it just feels very much like universal truth, but um, very deep, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very deep understanding, but not past what anybody could understand. It's just that um, it resonates and rings very true, which is, which is really beautiful. I mean, I've seen Diana do this. It's quite profound. I mean, we, we had a retreat, one of our what now retreats and Diana came and we asked her to do a group reading and it's like something comes, you know, it's like she's channeling this very, very powerful energy. And Diana's a very, she's, she's a powerful woman anyways, but when she's in this spirit translating place where she's, you know, doing these readings. It's amazing. It's, it's really a mind blower. And, um, and I think that I've sent a lot of people to you and every one of them has felt incredibly helped by the information that you have given them. 
and um, that has come through your spirit guide readings. So let's let's dive into the book a little bit. Like, um, first of all, how was it writing the book? <laughs> you had, she's, we'll just say, we'll just give our little Deborah Evans, our book doula Deborah Evans, a little credit here, right? She was awesome. You worked with Deborah, you worked with me a little bit and and um, and this book is really a beautiful book. Y'all have to um, go to Amazon and the link in the notes and and check it out because it's it's just going to be a really empowering, beautiful spiritual living book. Thank you. Yeah. Well, when I you know the first person I called when I knew I wanted to do this was you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know one of one of the amazing things that you've done of very of a many 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 is putting me. Um, you know, pairing me with Deborah. So yes, yeah, she edited the book and really helped me through the process because writing this book was a two-year project that, you know, took so much more time than I ever thought it would take and so much writing and rewriting and reorganizing and moving around. And it just was so much more involved than I ever believed a book could be. And, and it, at the end of the day, it turns out being just so much better than you thought it would be too, because of that process. But, um, it was, it was a long process and it was a real deep dive. You know, what I started with is not what I ended with. I realized halfway through the process that I was going to need to get a lot more, more vulnerable if this book was going to be digestible. And I don't, love I haven't loved being vulnerable and open and public in my life so that was um that was tough but I did it and I really I really pulled back the veil and just let everybody in and I think that that'll make it easier for people to find their own um you know find their own way through it I don't have the book in front of me um can you talk about I I, I want to say there's Seven spiritual, what are they? <laughs> Seven truths. Seven spiritual truths. Yes. Right. Well, you want me to remind you what they are? Yeah, yeah. I would love that. <laughs> okay. So truth number one is thought is the action that creates your life. That was the first lesson that I received from spirit when I was needing to pull myself out of a very tough spot. That was the first thing I needed to learn. And then the second truth is you are an energy being, which basically was a lesson in the fact that we're all connected and that we are all made of the same. We're all made the same. We all go back to the same place. The third truth is your feelings are your compass. I have been very good in my life at pushing down my feelings. And I think a lot of us are. And what I found is that it's really important not to do that. Truth four is each moment can be delicious. <laughs> and that's really about just appreciating moments because the more moments you appreciate, the better the total is. Uh, the truth five is spirit is speaking to you always. And that's really about starting to get open and listen to your urges, your inspiration, and just sort of the synchronicities in your life. Um, truth six is the earth is your guru. And that is about appreciating the beauty around us, like, you know, just continuously. That's really a, a chapter about gratitude, I think. Um, truth seven is kindness is your God power. And, you know, in some ways, that's my favorite truth because 
I think that we have almost, you know, as a, as a total, I think that we are forgetting that kindness is really, really important. Kindness to ourselves and to other people. So those are the truths. And that's really the, the makeup, that's the meat of the book is going through the truths and what spirit says about those. Well, there you all have it. Why I've invited Diana on to the spiritual living series. She's just given you the blueprint for spiritual living. (laughs) (laughs) The cool thing is I feel really good about it is that in this um, podcast series, we've talked about a lot of those and, um, and especially the one about thought and in, in you're all very familiar with my work and my work has um, been an extension of, of Richard's work. And so our five principles of mental health and well-being, thoughts, moods, feelings, separate realities, and present moment living all go hand in hand with um, what Diana is saying. And so I think, you know, um, the nuts and bolts of it is, is that, you know, we have access to a much higher power. You can call it spirit, you can call it God, you can call it universal love, divine love, divine guidance, great mother, the great father, you can call it whatever you want. But in essence, it's all the same energy. It's all the same wisdom. um, But you call it in in your own capacity. And I think so much the example of what you've become, Diana, for so many is, you know, you you have an innate, uh, probably a lot more psychic openness than most. And I think it probably comes from, you know, growing up around your father, who was clearly you know, what she hasn't said is that um, her father was really a leader of leaders, but he didn't care so much to get the fame and the glory. He didn't have much ego at all. He was um, very well trained, but he really helped a lot of our great leaders um, that brought these spiritual ideas and beliefs forward in our world. Um, He really helped them develop their work and in those years. And so I think that kind of exposure is just, you can't even, I mean, to grow up in that and around that and to be so close with your father too, I'm sure um, helped you access, you know, so much more than what most people could. And of course it would make total sense that you would go away in your lifetime and then come back to that when you're struggling. And I always think about, um, the spiritual path and, and so much of the spiritual path is learning how to leave and come back. Right. I mean, and in our twenties, it's like, we're not so interested in what's spiritual we're interested in the world. (laughs) And then when, when the world doesn't really shape up the way we think it's supposed to, or, or something happens in our lives, it's, it's like we revert to our spiritual um, understanding and path because we need it, we're desperate for it. And it's gonna, it's gonna be the, the light out of the dark tunnel. And, um, and I love that about your story, Diana, because of course, like I told you, I can relate to that too. And so many of our listeners can also relate to that as well. So I wanna just um, ask you, before we leave this podcast, um, what would you like to say to the listeners? I would like to say that you have access to universal love and wisdom that is so healing and so amazing that when you sit down and you access it and you really get practiced at it, your life 
will change. It will improve. You will feel better. That's awesome. Hey, just before we end this, would you mind taking everyone to a sacred garden and a very short um, meditation? Sure. (laughs) Okay, so you would start by closing your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose and then out through your mouth. And then one more time, just take a big deep breath in, hold hold your breath for about the count of three, and then just exhale. And when you exhale, just think about exhaling doubt and opening yourself to possibility. And now here in your sacred garden is where we're going to start venturing. So you're going to have this feeling of peace wrap around you. So start by thinking about a golden beam of sunshine coming down through the top of your head and filling you up with this golden sunlight. So when you inhale, think about inhaling this golden beam into your body. And when you exhale, think about letting it expand through your body and around you. So it's an inhale, let the golden light in. Exhale, let it expand. So it almost becomes a bubble around you of golden light. And as the golden light becomes a bubble around you, let it start turning white, really, really white. So it looks like if you could see yourself, you are standing in the center of the brightest light you could imagine. And then imagine that you're walking into a sanctuary and notice what you see when you're here. I call it a sacred garden, but it might not be a garden. It might be a beach. It might be a garden. It might be a vacation spot where you've been and you feel really comfortable. It might be a room in your house. It's just a place where you feel completely safe and loved and very at home. So you feel that you have the space of knowing and protection when you're there. If you're there already, then you will start looking around and finding what is around you. Are there animals there? Are there plants? Is there water? And after you start noticing what's in your garden, start looking for a person or a feeling of another person being there. It might take more time than we have right now to do that, but what this practice, if you can go into it and find some entity there that feels human to you or that feels like someone you can communicate with, that that's what we say is your spirit guide or that's how you access your spirit guide for the first time. And you start looking at your spirit guide and noticing What attributes you would give to your spirit guide? Is it feminine? Is it masculine? Is it a, is it an animal? Is it, um, is it familiar looking, familiar feeling? And you'll just start noticing what the spirit guide looks like and feels like when you're in their presence. And in this way, you can start talking to and asking questions of your spirit guide. 
So this is a place where you come to get to know your spirit guide. And over time, you can come here as many times as you'd like, and you can get more acquainted with your spirit guide. So this is the beginning of a sacred garden meditation. Yay, thank you. Diana didn't know I was going to ask her to do that. It just came to me that that might be very fascinating for you to understand how to actually access um, your spirit guide. And so I think I love what you said. If you practice that and you, you know, bring that white light around you and then you, you know, take those breaths and you go to your garden, you go to your place and you, you know, you can also probably ask, ask to be shown your spirit guide and, and ask if there's anyone there too. I would assume that's what I would probably end up doing. Of course, when I went there, I saw Richard. So, <laughs> so, um, and that could probably be a place that you might find somebody that you love that, you, that has passed on too, you know, that they would more most likely show up in, in your sacred garden. So um, that's another way that, you know, our loved ones guide us, um, from the other side, which isn't very far away, actually. It's just a really a, a thin slice of, a very, very thin ether slice of, of energy away. So anyways, well, Diana, thank you so much for being a guest. I want you all to check out Diana's beautiful website, dianacole.com. That's Diana, and then Cole is C-O-L-E.com. And her new book is Spirit Translator, and I got to write the forward. I'm really excited about that. So um, go ahead and go to the link in the notes of the podcast notes. And I know how much you're really going to enjoy her book. It, it, it will really help you to um, get a hold of this idea and deepen your spiritual living and, and bringing spirit into your life every, every single day so that you can have some of that magic she's talking about. And if you already have that in your life, that is amazing and awesome. You might just enjoy this book because it will be validating and confirming to what you are already practicing and will also deepen your awareness. When I pick up a book like this, I'm just looking oftentimes for one new little thought, one new little idea. And that one little thing can be the pivot toward just a greater expression of who I am in this world and um, and living closer to spirit. So thanks, Diana. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, everyone. Don't sweat the small stuff. We are living the big stuff. Come back again. Thanks for listening. Are you feeling anxious and overwhelmed by recent global events? This is the perfect time to learn how to access your mental health and well-being. And the good news is you can rewire your brain to feel calmer during this unsettling time. With Christine's new Don't Sweat the Small Stuff Happiness Training course, you can be mindful, practicing mindfulness for clarity and calm. You'll learn how to develop your mindfulness practice from the comfort of your own living room with mindfulness teacher, Dr. Shauna Shapiro. Now you can enjoy two happiness training courses for only $29.99 at don'tsweat.com.